0: I'm for details. From the Jeff Rose Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon.
1: Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Uh, until noon, the bottom of the hour, a little bit before that, our friend Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. We will get back to the NFL with Frank Schwab. But as promised, time to talk about those first place St. Louis Cardinals. They're two in front of Milwaukee after taking two or three over the weekend. I, I know it's not over, Brian, as always. Thank you for doing this. Good to speak with you. But, boy, it sure seems like... Well that it's over? I mean, is that crazy to say when you look at the schedules, the Brewers have by far the most difficult of the two team schedules. Cardinals are playing well. Can't say that about the Brewers. uh it
2: feels like the Cardinals may be in first place to stay. You know, can I it's a little early to say that, but as we talked a lot prior to the trade deadline, you know that that was an opportunity for clubs to improve themselves. The Cardinals didn't get Juan Soto, didn't think they would, but they went on and got two good starting pitchers who have already put up two good offerings, uh, two good starts uh, each. And now you look at the other side of the coin, the Brewers, they didn't get a lot of help on offense that they needed, and they traded away their closer, who not only is Josh Hader one of the best pitchers in baseball, but he was under control for another year, and he gave the Cardinals fits. And I don't think there's any doubt that, this this series this last weekend where the Cardinals took two out of three, if Hayter been available, that outcome might have been different. Interesting.
1: You know, I, I have to give you credit, Brian. Uh, you were adamant that, that this is not how the Cardinals do business. When we're back to Soto for a second, uh, the national media was—they um, were clearly in the conversation. It was going to be the Cardinals. Uh, it was going to be the Padres. Maybe going to be the Mets. But so, one of these teams is going to get him. And the Cardinals for a while looked as though that they may be a player in this. You said no you were proven right how close did it get if at all brian from who the, from the people you've spoken with
2: uh, the rumors are that the weekend before the trade deadline the cardinals and the nationals were stuck on the point that the nationals demanded dylan carlson who's the starting uh center fielder now for the cardinals and the cardinals didn't want to move him and that was the sticking point now You know, the reality is, the reason that I didn't think the trade would happen is because I thought another organization would ante up better players, better prospects. The Cardinals didn't want to trade Jordan Walker, who's a top-ten prospect in baseball. They probably didn't want to trade Mason Wynn, their top shortstop prospect. And so, you know, when an organization doesn't want to trade their best prospects, when a guy like Juan Soto, who is, you know, one of the handful of top players in baseball are available, you know, I just had the feeling the two sides wouldn't get it done. Jose
3: Quintana comes in. Mm -hmm. Also, they get Jordan Montgomery Two, they're not wild wow moves, right? But boy, they just felt like Cardinals moves and guys that'll probably come in and play above, maybe even the ceiling that they've had to this point. Tell us a little bit about those guys and the trade deadline as a whole. Since we talked to you last,
2: I think Jordan Montgomery. You know that that trade was obviously a very, very interesting one. And the Cardinals gave up uh, a lot. Their Gold Glove center fielder and Harrison Bader, but he's injured right now, and you know there's no guarantee that he's going to help this year. And there was a lot of speculation, not not proven, that the Yankees were. Uh, working on another trade to get a, a better starter than Montgomery who was probably their number five guy. Now if you look back at Jordan Montgomery's record with the with the Yankees, he was consistently the guy who they scored only one or two runs in support of and they didn't ever give him the, the, the offensive Support he needed, and sometimes some years with guys that happens. But Jordan Montgomery is a is a very solid pitcher, and again, like Harrison Bader, he's under control for next year. So the Cardinals got a guy who will be in their rotation both both the rest of this year and next as well. And that's important because we don't know about Jack Flaherty's health. He's mm-hmm. supposed to pitch tonight in Double A, his second rehab start. Uh, Stephen Matt's the left hander, you know, maybe back later this year, but probably not as a starter. So you know, the Cardinals have some questions, uh, had some questions in the rotation after Wainwright and Michaelis, and I think Quintana and Montgomery have really uh, looked you know, to have filled that bill. Uh, as opposed to La-
1: Les- John Lester came over who was the other uh, pitcher that came over at the deadline last year?
2: Well, they got J Happ Jay uh, Happ, that that's what I'm thinking of. Yep, yep, yep. And the difference with those guys, Ken, of course, is they were on their last leg. Right, like they were the last, you know, their last stop before they retired. And you know, and they were they were very serviceable for the Cardinals. But again, you know, Quintana is a guy that could be signed for next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to pitch as he is. If the Cardinals don't try to bring him back, and as I said, Montgomery's under control for another year, which is a which is a big plus.
1: All right, you mentioned Flaherty, uh, who's going to get a, an opportunity to start tonight. Rehab. What's the plans long range for him? Best case scenario. Obviously, worst case scenario, something happens tonight. But if everything goes according to plan, what does that plan look like?
2: Well, Jack, you were talking about the plan in the next few days or weeks, or or, or to, get to get to get to get to October. Well, you know, ideally, Jack Flaherty, has, you know, proves that his shoulder problems are behind him and that he can again be an ace. But we haven't seen the ace Jack Flaherty since 2019, and so it's a lot to ask for and a lot to expect for a guy. You know who hasn't? You know he's had two injury interrupted years in a row to come back and be the guy that he was once and that we thought he could be. But he's still young, at twenty six. So you know it's not like Jack Flaherty's career is over. He's another guy that you know isn't going to be a free agent for another year. So but you know he has a, the Cardinals have another chance with him to uh, you know try to get him back to where he was.
3: Bullpen has been good, and you mentioned Flaherty. If it doesn't go well, they say you know what his shoulder's just not ready to go out there and be able to throw in ninety, hundred pitches in a playoff game. Can he help them at all in the bullpen, or is that mentality, or is it maybe too late in the season to be tinkering with a guy that's future still could be very bright?
2: Oh, I think you're on a great point there and that, you know, again, the teams typically only need four starters at most in the postseason. And, you know, right now, um, Wainwright, and Michaelis, the veterans, and then the two lefties that they just picked up are, are pitching extremely well. And, you know, the temptation could easily be to put Jack Flaherty in the bullpen. And, you know, that wouldn't be a terrible thing. Then Matt's from the left side because, as you said, Trent, the, the bullpen has been good. But really, beyond Ryan Helsley, the bullpen's been a little bit shaky lately. And Hennessy mm-hmm. Cabrera, who was the top lefty, hasn't done well. Gaia has been knocked around a little bit. So, you know, taking a couple of veteran starters like that with, with playoff experience and putting them in the bullpen late in the season could be a big benefit for
1: the cardinals uh play what if with me uh here brian walton from the cardinalnation.com so so albert pujols had a couple of home runs sunday 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 uh to, to get to uh within seven of passing passing yeah passing a rod a uh, 700 still out there uh within range anyways what if he gets to 698 and it's all over 699 700's out there Does he come back and try and do that in a Cardinal uniform next year, or is it just, uh, boy, you got real close, you had a hell of a career, glad you finished it with us here in 2022?
2: As you might expect, Ken, that was some of the questions that Albert was asked after the game on Sunday. And you think you know, he was on as big of a high as he could be on hitting those two home runs and basically winning the game in the series. And Albert said, listen, I'm going to be 43 next year. I don't think I can do more. I think next year I'm going to be in the stands watching the games. And you know, to his credit, he's never ever talked about 700. That's something that the fans and the media have talked about. Mm-hmm. Would he like to get to 700? Sure. Is he going to make it? Probably not, given that the Cardinals are you know starting to use him better, which is primarily against left-handed pitching. I just don't think with a month and a half left in the season, they're going to see enough left-handed starters for Pools to get that to get over that uh, home run hurdle. On the other hand, Adam Wainwright, I think you know we could see him in two. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a guy that's. Uh, You know, just short of 200 wins. And for him, but Pujols is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. First ballot, no doubt about it. Adam Wainwright's kind of a marginal guy. And so for him to get to 200 wins could be a big thing and enough to motivate him to maybe try to come back.
3: Brian, if the Cardinals do win this division, we'll play a little what-if here. And looking forward to six weeks from now in the start of the playoffs. Who would you rather see? It'll be a short series. It'll be at St. Louis. You'll have the division wrapped up. The Phillies, the Padres, maybe the Brewers. Which team would you feel most confident making their way to St. Louis for a, a tight two-game set?
2: Well, you know, a lot of things have changed over time, but the Phillies won the season against the Cardinals this year. Uh, the Cardinals got knocked out by the Padres before, and the Padres are a you know formidable opponent. Mm-hmm. I think the Brewers, without without Hater you know, the Cardinals would probably be delighted to get them. And that would assume that the Cardinals win the division, they would be the number three seed as the mm-hmm. the, the division winner with the worst record, and the the Brewers in that scenario would have to be the number six or the last seed. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities. As you said, it could be the Phillies, could be the Braves, could be the Padres, you know, could be just about anybody at this point. Uh, Steven
1: Piscotti, no uh, long uh, obviously broken with the Cardinals, sent to the A's. It, did, it was great uh... You know, obviously the story, the way it ended with his mother passing was not good, uh, but for him to be back there while she was going through what she was going through, great story um, that they were able to, to have those family moments together
2: released today by the A's. Is he finished? No, I don't think Steven Piscotti's finished unless he wants to be. But if you look at his numbers, Ken, you know, since right after he got to Oakland, he started to show some power, and that looked like a trade that maybe, you know, the Cardinals were going to lose on. But the reality is that power never really developed, and he's been a significantly below average major league hitter for the last three or four years. And so, you know, if Piscotti wants to play, he might have to sign a minor league deal or, or something like that. Uh, but, you know, he didn't, he never became the guy that everybody thought he might be.
3: Talking right now with Brian Walton as we take a look around St. Louis Cardinal baseball. Mentioned the bullpen has been a little bit shaky here over the last week or two. Any other names that we should keep an eye out? We mentioned Flaherty. Any guys in the minors that could get a call up and and give them a burst, either offensively or defensively? Anybody that is close to getting that final call up?
2: I think we're, you know, I think the the guys that are there now are pretty much the guys we're going to see. Juan Yepes, who played very well, he was arguably maybe the third best hitter on the team for multiple weeks early in the season. He's getting close to coming back uh, off the injured list. I think the guy that you want to keep an eye on is Andre Pallante, and folks may remember he was a guy that pitched say, in Double A yeah. last year. Uh, you know, made the team out of spring training, uh, got drafted into the rotation, and did a pretty credible job. Uh, before, the, before the trade deadline. Now he's pitching in relief, and I think given the problems that Henderson Cabrera's had from the left side, I think we could see more of Palante in a late-inning role alongside Ryan Helsley. So I think he's a potential X factor. Jordan Hicks has been a little bit of a disappointment, uh, and that's been another factor that's sort of uh, hurt the Cardinals' pen.
1: But Helsley is the closer, right? I mean, every time I watch him, he's 100-101, he throws
2: gas. Absolutely, but he's also had a couple of he also had a couple of procedures done over the wow. off season and they've been very very careful with his workload, but the plan with him seems to be Ryan Helsley to ramp him up so that he could potentially be available for two consecutive games uh, in the playoffs, because as we discussed, the wild card series are three consecutive games all at home, and you know you can't just have your closer in one of those games. You've got to have him available if you want to advance.
1: Uh, if you are, do want to advance, at some point you're in all likelihood going to have to see the Dodgers or the Mets. Um, of those two, who who would you who do the Cardinals match up best with?
2: Well, I mean, the Cardinals played in the Mets pretty well this year when the two teams faced off. Of course, it's always a you know, situation of injuries and, and all of that. I think the the Dodgers, you know, you look at their roster from top to bottom and they're exceptional. But, you know, Walker Bueller's out. Yep. Uh, I think Kershaw's out. Walker Bueller's done for the year. Um, and so, you know, they may not have the same pitching that they've had, but that's been the Cardinals' Achilles' heel in, in the playoffs, right? When you go in the playoffs, you've got to have a, two or three guys at the start of your rotation that you know are going to give you at least seven good innings. And that's where the Cardinals have fallen short, and that's where a team like the Dodgers has, has prevailed. Now, having said that, the Dodgers only won one title, and that was in 2020, which was a, which was a strange season, but the Cardinals haven't won since 2011, so there you go. Brian Walton,
1: thecardinalnation.com, thecardinalnation.com as we catch up on those first place Redbirds. Brian, as always, thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. You got it. Thank you. Brian Walton uh, from the, uh, CardinalNation.com. I think they're home free. Home free? I do. I just it's don't. two. I know. A but bad just... week and they're yeah. three back. I just don't see a bad week out of this team. Milwaukee's schedule is daunting, it's man. Not that much more difficult. Well, here to the Dodgers. Still got the Mets. They do. Got the
3: Yankees. Not I'd much deal. rather
1: have the Cardinals. Oh well, yeah,
3: there, there's no doubt. Yes, the the Cardinals is much easier
1: in comparison. And but- Josh Hader, yeah, he's missed on the mound. Mm-hmm. He's missed in the clubhouse. They yeah. gutted that team. And, and look, this weekend, Brian's right. They mm-hmm. blew a couple of save opportunities. I don't know. I just think
3: that um, I just think the Cardinals are going to prevail. Jose Quintana tonight. You know, what is Freeland. Does he give you the. Uh, I mean, Brian's pretty confident in him. I, I, I'm not
1: I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, every now and then, as we yes. said about him, he, one night you watch him, 11 strikeouts. Next
3: mm-hmm. next time you watch him, inning in a third. Not consistent enough. Not consistent. On the other side, so we have that for the Cardinals. On the bump for the Brewers. Who is it? Oh, Woodruff gets the ball tonight. But he's got to go against the Dodgers. Right. Now we get through the series, and all of a sudden that lead is five. We're having a different conversation. I think we're going to be having that conversation. So you're saying right now, just fire blindly at the Cardinals, because I am also invested in the Brewers. I think we should probably both be thinking of hedging. I, I bought a little bit back. Oh, I don't remember. See, when I it wish was. I would have. I didn't. I bought a little bit back at one point. Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I got to see what this number is, though. As long as Seattle goes over eighty-four and a half, I'll be fine. You should <laughs> with, be good on that one with all
1: of my baseball bets. You should
3: be very good on that one, right? Mm-hmm. All right, MLB. Here we go. Not daily specials. We want to go to futures in baseball team futures. There we go. World Series winner, division no. winner. Yes. Let's go to the Central, where the Cardinals are the betting favorite. Oh, by significant. Minus 205. Eh, That's too much. I can't do it. Yeah, Brewers at plus 160. If I had to make a bet today... You would bet the Brewers at that number? Yes. I would buy a little more Brewers at plus 160. I'd sell you some. (laughs) (laughs) You can't give it to me at that price, though. Oh, my gosh.
1: Let's talk some football, shall we? Back to the NFL. Our friend Frank Schwab is going to join us uh, next. Look forward to catching up with Frank Schwab. His 1 through 32 was published... Um, did you take a look at it in the end? I think he got to like the f- top four teams, and I never. I, don't think I, I didn't went get back. to the bottom.
3: I should have scrolled because it oh, would your have team was. me. Uh, your team was one of the first ones listed. Yeah.
1: God, you're going to be. It's going to be brutal for you.
3: Well, I got fantasy. I mm-hmm. got gambling. I got plenty of other things that will keep me interested the Hawkeyes, in the Hawkeyes, which are going to be really good. They are. So I should bet the over?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, give uh-huh. me pause, right? They do. Is Steinhardt going to be close? Yes. I agree, and I didn't. You thought this was going to be a two-touchdown blow. I two thought touchdown it was two-touchdown I didn't. Look it. Everybody you talk to is on the Decker's train. Well, and it's picking up speed. Who, who do you talk to, though? Well, there I was, yeah. what did Phil Steele say? He's not an Iowa State fan. It's Phil Steele. Steele joined us in the first hour he of the program. He also had a preseason top ten last year. Well, he wasn't alone. Uh, But I agree with Phil Steele on this point, because we've said it a bunch. When Campbell doesn't have expectations, Mm -hmm. normally the team... Can they be better this year than they were last year? Record-wise? Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. They can win eight games. Yes, they can. What does that do?
3: In the conference. You go eight and four? And say one of those losses is to Iowa in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. That means you're six and three in the conference. Are you in the? Con- are you looking at tiebreakers? <laughs> it's tiebreakers. Yeah. I think it is too,
1: because Phil still. If you missed him, he was joined us at ten thirty. The podcast will be up, mm-hmm. uh, he agrees that the Big Twelve has the most parity uh, in in that uh, in that
3: conference. Six and three. We're looking at tiebreakers. I agree. I think one team's going seven and two, and a bunch are going six and three. Who's that seven and two team? You sell? You buy in Oklahoma? Nope. I'm not either. They're going to be 6 and 3. Okay. You buy Baylor?
1: No. You don't? No. I would say get them in week one of Big 12 play. Yeah,
3: that one's at home, though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they do. Okay. Shapin, he was good in the conference title. Uh, yes, really good. Maybe Oklahoma State. They were so close a year. Yeah, ago. They were they close were, to making uh, wasn't the playoffs. Wasn't it a one-point game, the, the championship game? Yeah. Was it one or two? It was well, really tight. It, it, I mean, he's diving for the pilot yes. to go to the college football playoff. Uh-huh. And that was one of the best defensive championship plays. Oh, it was a hell of a play. Incredible. Baylor's got maybe one of my
1: be- best one of my favorite players in college. Ika. I'm telling you, watch this kid. I, he'll you will hear his name. Uh-huh. Next year's draft. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, he's top 15. He's a hell of a player. He is a hell of a player. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. NFL conversation. Frank Schwab uh, joins
4: Trent and I next. It's Des Moines Sports Station. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, FDIC. and a member FDSE.
3: And iHeartMedia. The
0: biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circuit Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback and Circus Survivor select one team each week with no point spread take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes enter in Vegas play from anywhere Visit circusports.com.
3: Well, construction can give you a good life by giving you opportunities to be a part of a team that
0: does real tangible things in your community.
1: For many of us, it's that feeling of doing something with our
0: hands and creating something from scratch and/or giving back to a new home or a remodel project. Do you enjoy working with your hands? Do you enjoy providing for your community? Do you enjoy getting out there and doing a hard day of work and coming home and saying, Yeah, I did
3: that. Apply today wolfconstruction.net
0: Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO Here's Ken and Trent
1: Oh, oh I love this intro <laughs> Miller and Condon, welcome back 1130 Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. He's a Wisconsin grad. We're going to start there. Actually, we're not going to start there. We have, you know who we're speaking to, Trent Condon? Who? We are speaking with the highest ranked of the 320 media members that make their NFL picks online last year. Nice. Our next guest, Frank Schwab, finished first. That's quite a feat, Frank Schwab. Trent and I were just in Vegas signing up for Circa Survivor and Circa Millions. Uh, boy, oh boy, last year would have been a pretty good year for you, potentially.
4: How are you? Congrats. <laughs> I'm doing well, doing well, and yes, it was... It was a good year, and you know, I I tweeted that out because I realized that this year I might finish 320th. That's the way this goes. Like, yep. you know, it's hard to do. So I uh, just gotta gotta hope that gotta hope for a good luck again this year.
1: Yeah, puff up your chest, man. That's quite a feat. So let's start with Wisconsin first, uh, and the Big Ten West obviously means a lot here, and means a lot to you as a Wisconsin grad. Again, they're picked to win the West. Uh, they lose a lot on defense, but it's not the first time that that's happened. You know, when we keep when we talk about Wisconsin. Uh, Gray Mertz seemingly is topic number one, and everybody brings up his first start against Illinois. Boy, if he can ever get back to that level, and I agree, um, but is he? Does do the Badgers go as far as Mertz will take them, or do you see it differently?
4: Um, I mean, I, they're not going to unlock their ceiling unless Mertz is really good. But I, I just don't think he's that guy. It's you know, and it wasn't just that first start. He was a highly uh, he's. Maybe the highest recruit they've had a quarterback since since I can remember, uh one of the you know one of the very rare ones uh, in that level. So, I mean, can he can he find a level of of being an All Big Ten quarterback or close? Uh, he's not gonna you know obviously be the number one guy, but uh, can he be you know second team, All Big Ten or something like that? I don't know. I just I just I don't know. But yes, he is the he's the thing that's gonna separate them from being a good, solid Wisconsin team like we're used to or a team that, you know, might be top ten-ish. I, I mean, and uh, I I don't know. I just don't know that he has it in him, to be honest.
3: Frank, you kind of look to the future. The West right now is a bunch of like-minded programs. It's physical football. Run it, play some defense, play in cold weather. That's what the Big Ten West is. It looks like it's going to dissipate, though, and it's just going to be the two best teams eventually getting to the championship game, how impactful is that to a program like yours, like Wisconsin, like us here in the state of Iowa, for Iowa, not having that realistic shot every single year of playing for a division title?
4: Yeah, I, and I guess I, it's 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 been weird that you know all the good teams are in the East. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I mean, if we're if we're really like not that Iowa or Wisconsin aren't good programs or anything like that, but I mean the power is in the East, so I understand they want to balance that out a little bit and, you know, maybe just take the top two for a better Big Ten championship game. Like, there's been some, my team included, some lopsided Big Ten championship games, and mm-hmm. they want a little bit better there. So, hey, it's one of those, if you want to go, you can still go to a Big Ten championship game, but you've got to earn it. Like, you got to be a top-two team, and you can go. I mean, it's I'm keeping Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, whatever, from... Being in a Big Ten championship game, it's just you got you got to step up your program a little bit, and so I, it doesn't bother me that much. It's it's been nice for Wisconsin to feel, like, you know, I mean, feel like, hey, you know. The, the, the competition is not that hard to make a Big Ten championship game, but now, you know, if they do change that, yeah, it's, uh, it just it means Wisconsin's gonna have to get a little bit better. So, Iowa or anybody else in the West. Well,
1: let's get to the NFL, Frank. Uh, one of the rites of passage, uh, when Peter King takes his vacation, uh, we count down to hard knocks and we count down your top 32 teams, uh, in reverse order. Uh, this year you kind of did a little differently putting them out in clumps. Uh, Buffalo Rams, Buccaneers, Chiefs, and Dallas, your top five. Uh, Which of those five in there gave you the most difficulty trying to place them?
4: I mean, it's Dallas. It's funny that, you know, when I do these, you know, the previews and count them down basically in the power rankings, that. I always hear from fans. I oh, you got my team too low. You got my team too low. This year, Dallas fans were coming at me saying, "How do you have Dallas so high? You're crazy!" Like, I, really? I, everybody's down on the Cowboys. Everybody. I, nobody. Like, maybe I had the Cowboys a little too high at five, but they were really, really good last year. And I get that they lost in the playoffs, but you know that happens. That's the Green Bay Packers, and <laughs> they did have a uh, they're not a great offseason by any means. I mean, they lost a lot of talent, but. Nobody, who I think, is some fatal flaw. I, th- I still think the Dallas Cowboys are really, really good football team. So, I don't know. I, 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 it may be a little high at five. I, I'm, you know, I'll probably end up picking the the Eagles win the East just because I'm really, really high on them. But they couldn't put them mm-hmm. higher in the power rankings than I did. But yeah, Dallas is one of those teams that Dallas and the Patriots are the two teams that just everybody freaked out about how high I had them. But it's like, you know what? These teams are probably better than you remember.
3: Speaking of better than you remember, Pittsburgh won nine games last year. It wasn't pretty. Roethlisberger couldn't throw more than 20 yards at times, it felt like, during the season. Well, they got a bunch of new quarterbacks in there. Trubisky's there, the top quarterback pick and Kenny Pickett, and they all played pretty well for the Steelers over the weekend. Your takeaway, a Pittsburgh team. Tomlin always finds a way to win. He's put a winner out there every single year, has never had a losing season. Is this the year that that streak comes to an end, or are you a believer in the black and gold?
4: Yeah, and they were really tough, too, because, like you said, like the only reason that you'd have them as a winning team this year is because of Mike Tomlin in their history. Nothing else. I mean, last year, yes, they made the playoffs, uh, but they caught every single green light you could catch to make the playoffs, including <laughs> Indianapolis somehow losing to Jacksonville, the the whole Raiders-Chargers have finished that somebody won that game and didn't tie. I mean, they weren't a playoff team. I mean, if you look, they got really, really lucky in close games they weren't a good they weren't a great football team last year they they weren't a good football team last year really the, but they 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 had a fortunate year and everybody hates hearing that because you, people hate hearing that a lot, luck is involved a lot of times in NFL results you know i mean it's uh, close games yeah sometimes do come down to hey you caught some breaks and they caught a ton of breaks so they're bound to regress but it's not like the quarterback was any good last year. There, there's people like, oh, you know, I mean, the Steelers might take a step back as a quarterback play. No, no, they, it's not going to be any worse. That right. Roethlisberger was terrible last year. That's just the truth. I, I'm not trying to be smart his name or anything, but he was a bad. Quarterback. He's Pro Football Focus's worst quarterback in the NFL last year, and and that, you know, if you watch him, that kind of stood up. So it's one of those things where you say there's no reason for me to believe that. Steelers are going to be a good team except for Mike Tomlin really and and the just the history of the of this franchise so I will say from uh, on Saturday night all three quarterbacks look good we can't just dismiss Mason Rudolph in this race as weird as that sounds to say because I think trubisky's going to win it but Mason Rudolph's familiarity he's he's one of those guys who I mean everybody has said he's been the best quarterback in camp and he played really well I mean pickett put up good stats, but everything was short, everything was safe, so pick and put up 13 or 15 or whatever. Yeah, a lot of safe completions there. So... I don't know. I think that Trubisky ends up winning the job, but all three guys look good, and that's a good sign for them.
1: I want to talk about the Chiefs with you, because I think that they're maybe, not, I hate to say, transitioning from an offensive team. They still have Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. But I'm starting to really like the parts that they've assembled on the defensive side of the football. And I know it's if if yeah. Jones and Clark can come back. Might this Chiefs calling card this year, despite the fact they have Patrick Mahomes, be, they might be known as a team that plays really good defense?
4: They could be that, and that could really even out losing Tyreek Hill, who I think is a phenomenal football player. I mean, just a difference maker in every way. So, yes, their offense, I I think it has to take a little bit of a step back, but like you said, still got Reed, still got Mahomes. They're they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. They're still going to be okay. So you look at that, and you say, okay, well, the offense takes a step back. How can you make up for that? Well, it might be the defense. They have a lot of good young talent. They have been investing in that side of the ball, and I think they have—I think they have—you uh, know—a lot of just exciting young talent that could emerge. Uh, the George Carl Aftis, who they—you uh, know—Big Ten people know him, obviously out of Purdue. He looked fantastic in the preseason opener, drafted a cornerback. I think he's out of Washington. He's gonna start right away. Good speed at the linebacker position. Got a couple pass rushers, like you said, and Clark and Jones. They got guys on defense where they could be not necessarily a top ten defense, but a much better defense, and that evens out the, the you know, the offensive regression a little bit. And it's almost like the you know, I've I've said about the Packers a lot, the same thing about the Chiefs okay, yeah, they lost a great receiver, but you know their quarterback's going to make all their receivers better. He's going to make Juju better. He's going to make MBS better. He's going to – Sky Moore, whoever it's going to be, Patrick Mahomes is going to make those guys better. So you just completely trust your quarterback and build around him, and and maybe the Chiefs have done that.
3: Frank, we've been talking on the air here for, I believe, a decade, since he started Yahoo. I think you and I have been uh, together Mm -hmm. talking football, and you know how it works in our market. Chiefs are good. We'll talk about them. Packers are good. Vikings are good. The Bears are not going to be good. And I'm a Bears fan. I don't think we're going to be talking a whole lot about the team from Chicago this season. Just how bad does it look for you? Give me an outside perspective because it's the middle of August and it is very difficult for me to be excited about this Bears football team.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Like last week I wrote that the Bears aren't a bad bet to finish with the worst record in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's that bad. You look at their cap chart... And they just went, look, I I get it. I, and I wrote about this in a preview. And I, all their moves in a vacuum made sense. You didn't just go get an offensive coach, get an offensive coach. You got the best guy for the job. You didn't go overspend draft capital or free agency on offensive linemen and receivers. But at the same time, you didn't do anything to help your young quarterback. Nothing. He has maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL in front of him. He has, I mean, Darnell Moon is, Mooney is fine. Like, I think he's a good player, but he's not a true number one, I don't believe. And a couple of good running backs, but uh, their defense isn't that good. They traded Cleo Mack. They didn't really add anybody. And they just seem kind of beholden to this, like, we're not going to overspend on anything. We're going to take this long, you know, long approach. Well, that's well and good, but it doesn't help you this year. And I just... You looked, and and when Roquan made the trade request, I really sat down, and looked at the depth chart, I said, "Who's the best player on the Chicago Bears?" The answer is probably Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. And you're like, who's number two? Who's the second best player on the Chicago Bears other than the guy who wants out of town?" Mm-hmm. Like Robert Quinn, I, I guess, an aging pass rusher. Like I just uh, Darnell Mooney was probably better off suited as a number two receiver. Like I just their depth chart does not give you any signs of of hope and. I bet them. I bet them to have the 1st worst record in the NFL. I Bet them to finish last in the NFC North. I think they could really truly be bad this year, and we'll see. I mean, Matt, maybe Matt Everfluss is. I liked him as defensive coordinator at the Colts. I like that tree from Frank Reich. Maybe he just you know guides his team to a better record, and I think they can. But man, if you look at it on paper and their depth chart and their roster. It is really, really thin right now for Chicago Bears.
1: Indeed it is. We had this conversation to start the show, and I said to Trent, well, you know, you're going to have the first overall pick, and it's a quarterback-heavy draft. You're going to get a bounty, because I don't think you need a quarterback anyways. April is a long way. I don't on.
4: either. I, I do like Fields. I, I do, mean, too. And there's one hope for the Chicago Bears, is that Justin Fields is just takes that you know incredible leap, but... How can he do that when he got nothing around him?
1: That's just it. Um, Vikings and Packers, real quick, got to get the other two locals in. Uh, We're not going to see Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love was in the other day. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't know what to expect. Vikings, can they challenge? Can they threaten the Packers?
4: I'm talking myself into it. I'm talking myself into maybe the Vikings just needed some new voices uh, and, and coaching staff, and that gets the most out of them. I mean, any team with Delvin, Justin Jefferson, I mean, some of those dudes on defense. Why have they not been better? And they've been underachieving. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think Vikings fans would argue with that. Maybe this new coaching staff can get something new out of them. I don't know. I'm at least more interested in the Vikings than I was earlier this offseason to where I can picture it. But the Packers, look, the Packers are built weirdly. They have a back-to-back MVP quarterback, but yet they're built as we want to run the ball and play defense. So I I keep comparing them to the 97, 98 Broncos, whereas Terrell Davis' was team, but yep. when they needed a third and eighth throw, it was like, okay, okay, John, go <laughs> go make this play. And he could, and so can Aaron Rodgers. So it's a weird roster construction, but I think they're still the best team. But I'll say this, yeah, like I said, like the more the offseason goes on, the more I think about the Vikings, the more I look at them, the more I'm a little intrigued to say, Maybe this is the team that makes a leap this year, and we're just not talking about it enough.
1: Uh, last thing, you're in a you're in a betting state. We know you like to dabble, as Trent and I like to. Have you um, taken a a stand as, uh on a, a a Super Bowl winning team at, at a decent price?
4: The uh, Ravens, I think, are the Ravens. The value okay. team. I'll say yeah. that. But uh, 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 let me skip that because my favorite bet on the board. Get them while you can. Trey Lance for MVP. I think he's about still uh-huh. forty fifty to one, and that's crazy to me for a team that's going to make the playoffs a second year guy who can make a huge huge leap make these splash plays he's got a great play caller he's got Debo I.U. Kittle Trey Lance at forty, fifty to one to win MVP is just a steal in my book. I think he I could tell myself a story where he actually wins MVP and you're not gonna find many forty to one long shots where you actually feel like you're holding a, a reasonable ticket.
1: I'm gonna go get some of that. I love that price. And I and I get I get to uh, for all those reasons and the defense is pretty good in in their own right as well. Yeah, they're People, gonna
4: be a good team. Yep. you need to be a quarterback on a playoff team. So you can cut this down Good to 14 point. guys, and Trey Lance, I think, is going to be one of those guys.
3: People have been listening to you, Frank, currently 14-1 to 1 at Circa on the uh, app here in the oh, state of Iowa. Goodness. People have been I'll listening to you, out. Frank. I hope
1: didn't you got to tell yeah, us this yeah, info first 40. before you yeah, put it out there. <laughs> <Well laughs>
4: yeah,
1: i in 50. Well done.
4: Always bet it. I always bet it first before I post it. <laughs> oh,
1: that's, that's what you have to do. <laughs> Frank, thanks for doing this. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Frank Schwab. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. How
3: about that? What is he at DraftKings? Ah, uh, great question. So shop around, folks. And we say it, it doesn't matter who you bet with, always shop around. Our, our partners at Circus say it. They do. They tell you the same thing. They we're, are, I don't want to say it's their, it is. Is it their weak spot? Futures? Mm. In some sports? For some sports, yes. No, not golf. Not By at By any all. means. All right, so we're looking for player futures here. Let's see record breakers, future parlays, passing yards. I'm looking. Do for you want MVP. to do
1: a tease Trent
3: Condon and come back on the other side Let's with the see draft? If we teams. can find it.
1: Yes, that's a good one. We'll come back. Trent's play of the day. We know that uh, Trey Lance 14 to one at Circa. We'll do a little shopping during the break. Trent's play of the day had a good day yesterday. C- uh, betting against Kikuchi is a free square. It is. He's terrible. He's awful. Awful. Uh, it's 1145, Miller and Condon. One segment to go, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.
0: The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports, with two ways to win and no rate Circuit Million, with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor, select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit circusports.com for details.
1: Final couple of minutes here on the Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNL Transplay of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors that. All right, we went to break, and uh, we just had Frank Schwab, who covers the NFL and has for a long time. Also, is kinda, he's their sports betting guy over there, one of them. He is. Uh, At Yahoo. And he uh, gave us uh, uh, Trey Lance to watch for the MVP. Uh, At forty to one, so we went to Circa and you opened it up, and they were fourteen to one.
3: So there must already be some people that have fired at Trey Lance. Uh, So we went to DraftKings and we found them at forty to one for Trey Lance. Bet Rivers is thirty-five to one for Trey Lance. What do we say all the time? Shop around, shop around, get the best price and give yourself the best chance of making a profit. Done. Already did it. Already, I've jumped in. Locked. I like that. I like that. Well, I've locked in with five picks today. All right, what are you doing? All, well, it's got to be all baseball, right? Well, it doesn't have to be, but it is. What else is out there? Oh, there's tennis. There's <laughs> soccer. There's all kinds of things to fire at. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they, get, they got the, you know, there's a bunch of controversy happening right now in Cornhole. Did you know that? Baggate has hit. I, I, I don't. People are using illegal bags. No way. National Corn. Well, you know Bowl. what they say. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. right? Fit in well in the SEC. You know, I, I turned on
1: ESPN one day, and that was on TV. Of course, throwing bags. Yes, good God, it's like Purpose. ESPN in the when in, in, in the beginning when it was tractor pulls, Australian and, rules
3: football, right? In the in the late seventies, is that what we've come to? Eh, kind of <sighs> back at it again. Back at it with the Padres today. Sean Mania has not been good. Okay, bounce back here against the Marlins. We'll lay it minus one forty five. Have you seen Patrick Corbin throw this year? Oh, he's not very good, Trent. They tried to throw him into the Soto deal. Do you remember how important he was to that yes. World Series run? Massive. He's broken. Mm-hmm. And they just keep trotting him out there. They're going to trot him out here today, blame, and I'm not going to bet playing the Cubs, though. Well, yeah. But Steele's been really good. Yes, he has. I'll lay minus 150, okay. give me the Cubs... At that price against Patrick Corbin, woof! You know that's what I watched last night. What is wrong with me? Yeah, come on. I know. There's right? so many better games. I know. I was just. You could have saw Tony Larusa. I know. Having people help him out. Did you see yeah, that? I saw that. What a
1: wild story! Yeah. And now it looked like John Heyman from the New York Post, but it wasn't him, right? No. It
3: was
1: just a guy in the crowd. Yeah, and he got his attention. Yep. Yeah. Go right. out. Hey, you need a pinch runner. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do.
3: You want to be bench coach? All right, there's two picks. What else have you got? All right, great pitching matchup. If you don't watch this game tonight, Verlander against Dylan Cease. I'm invested in Dylan Cease. Yes. I love the pitching matchup. It's not my favorite of the
1: night. They're the two best that are going, mm-hmm. but I'm watching the Mets and the Braves. Morton Walker.
3: I'm going to take Taiwan in that one. By are the way. you? Yes, plus 135. Okay. The matchup I mentioned. No, White. it's terrific. Cy Young. Is it Cy Young? In the No, it's not. Not enough. Six weeks still to go. Yeah. But I thought this total was going to be certainly six and a half. What is it? Maybe even six. I could even come up with a scenario where it's five and a half, which it's been a couple of times this year. It's seven. At minus 110. Okay. It could be the under with those two guys going. Under seven with the White Sox and the Strohs. And we wrap it up. Merrill Kelly's made me a bunch of money. He was my Kikuchi of last year. We will go with the D-backs. Plus 108 tonight. Against the Giants. All right, Kelly, for the snakes. Yes. Brutal. Um, Well, we shall grade your
1: paper overnight and uh, report on it uh, back tomorrow. Cappy's going to join us tomorrow. Had a request to get our guy Dave Sinekin. Packer fans want to hear about their team. Uh, We're going to get Stephen M. Sipple at some point. Do the Clones or the Hawks have a media avail today? One of them. I think there was Nick Osten that said, well, we'll talk Iowa State and Iowa tomorrow. What a yes, shock. As we do every day. As indeed we do every day and can every day. All right, that is going to do us for Trent and I today. We appreciate you being with us here. I uh, had a great time. Good guest list. Phil Steele let it off. You want to listen to Phil Steele? A lot of good things to say about those clones and Hawkeyes. The podcast will be up. He joined us at 1030. Murph and Andy coming your way at 1 o'clock. The Fanatics at 3 Uh, Cyclone Insider tonight at 6. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekday.